to get recording. <laughs> I'm out of practice. All right. So for this group, we're going to be in chapter 42, uh, opening the heavens for help. So um, was this? No, there was the opening message, which is real short before it. But um, this is one of his, his first main talks here in, in general conference. It's very interesting as we, we go through it. Um, it doesn't seem, I mean, uh, at, at a rough glance, it doesn't seem like he gets to the point until like halfway through. So it's, it's kind of interesting looking at it. Um, what is opening, how do we open the heavens for help? And does the first half of the talk help us along that, that line uh, with a deeper look? Because where does it switch, Mother, where we were talking? Where we look at the, the new symbols there in like verse 11 and 13. Um, I think it's like verse 16 where it kind of switches over. And then it's like, okay, now let's get to the point. But um, anyway, it's just kind of an interesting structured talk. Uh, how he goes about it. So maybe we'll kind of talk about the second half and then uh, go back to the first, but um, he really dives into the, the power and purpose of fasting. And uh, this is where he issues the second um, uh, challenge invitation to uh, do a worldwide fast for the, the pandemic. And uh, this one is uh, very focused uh, there in verse 26. Um, fasting that the present pandemic may be controlled, that caregivers protected, the economy strengthened, and life normalized. So I'd just like to kind of open it up on, on that point right there, those four different things. Did we see those come to fruition, or have we yet to realize the full blessings of that fast, or how do you guys see it? I mean, because uh, I've heard so many different <laughs> opinions and uh, random things on it, but um, was the the present pandemic controlled? Were the caregivers protected? Uh, has the economy been strengthened and is life normalized? <laughs> so uh, that in context of the fast, what do, what do we got? What are your thoughts? If you compare us to other countries, I think that is true. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you've got, uh, I can't remember all the places, but England, they're still, you know, they're just, We've, you know, pulling our masks over our head now. And uh, they're still, they're still in it, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting, though, the next talk that he gave it and coming next October, he didn't call the new normal. So I would say that the normal didn't really happen until now, till two years later. But for other states where I live, they just lifted the the mask mandate like two weeks ago mm -hmm. and so we've had it for those two solid years so a lot of states and areas didn't and so it feels like you know it wasn't normal till now and it's not really normal but at least we don't have to wear the masks mm -hmm. yeah so. <laughs> very interesting process right i think that this really shook a lot of people's faith or you know uh what they interpret with prophetic revelation and stuff like what does it mean to have life normalized and where are we uh like you said that, that new normal that's brought about in the the next uh conference um so were these four things the the will of the lord and and how well were they um realized and 
you know, to what expectations we had and brought to it versus um, uh, kind of like what was said, where us compared to the rest of the world, because this was a worldwide fast too. It wasn't just for the United States and, and how, how did, there's a lot of people still right in the midst of it and it varying phases. And anyway, it's so interesting just to kind of consider all of the, the implications of a worldwide church and a prophet trying to um, uh, lead and guide us all in, in unity there. <clears throat> it's interesting how, you know, they've been trying to push, you know, the masks and all that and the fear of COVID and stuff, our, our government. But it seems like when the Russia attacking Ukraine <laughs> happened, it's just like all of a sudden, ah, oh, this, that's not the focus anymore. I you know it. I, I don't know. It's just kind of weird how it just kind of all, and that Dr. Fauci, I see where he's probably even going to retire now. <laughs> oh, really? It's weird. But anyway, um, it's so exciting. We were at the temple at, in Brigham at, on Friday and we didn't have to wear masks. That's the first time for a long time. It's so fun. And, um, they were saying today our temple in Twin, it's closed right now, but it'll open up next week. And and they've already announced that we're not going to have masks anymore there. So yeah. So how do we how do we juggle the political versus the ecclesiastical part of our lives? Right. I mean. Uh, you know, regardless of, of what uh, you personally believe in uh, uh, the conspiracy of, of all of it or, uh, you know, just everything. But when the prophet's leading like a worldwide church and giving general counsel for, you know, that's applicable to everyone and everything, I found that that was, was such a winnowing process, you know, within the church, within the the, the world as a whole, you know, we, we have so many different opinions and, and things, and it's kind of hard to, to wade through. Uh, I know just within our groups, we have very split-sided uh, opinions on it, but you don't find that out until <laughs> you have a confrontation about something. But um, anyway, it's just so interesting on uh, the topics of like blind obedience versus, um, you know, uh, faith and all of that. I, anyway, it's just an interesting uh, go around going back and uh, hearing these words uh, with the, the rear view mirror uh, perspective that we have now of um, how the April 2020 general conference fit into everything. Uh, anyway, it, <laughs> I just know that I wouldn't want to, to leave the church in the last days. That that would be such a hard position to be in. Cameron? Yeah, <clears throat> My daughter and I were talking today and you know we've had in the past um, sifting experiences and opportunities for, um, you know, ha having the opportunity to choose, um, to choose well in the midst of um, invitations and um, Lincoln of the opportunities that we have, like we were invited to read the Book of Mormon at a quick pace and um, 
was, did President Hinckley do that? I think he did. And then, and, then had, and there's been other things too, but I, I thought of this as more of a sifting rather than the actual obedience because he, he, he said it's not a commandment. And well, he didn't elder in that said that, but um, I think the, the sifting is in whether or not we become um, bitter over it or if we still will uphold him as the prophet regardless of what um if we if we don't agree with the counsel that he's given and um i think that's been really tough for a lot of people if we still can hold him as in high regard after as we did before and um some people for some people it was not hard and for other people it, it really has been so it's a, a tough thing yeah exactly I, I think that that's key what you said like do we become bitter over it even if we have disagreements or have to wade through some unknowns or, or whatever uh, it's such a crucial process and you know I that, that's what we've learned through Isaiah and triumph and everything there's there's going to be obstacles that we have to confront in order to to test our faith in lots of things and um, coming to to the fact that that the test is different for everyone right I mean we're all going to have different outcomes we're all going to have different things but uh, in the end do we become better and uh, go against the the truth and testimony that we know versus, this you know like going through president nelson's words here is just it confirms so many times that, that he is the prophet and and has been prepared for for these days and to, to lead us that's a tricky one to <laughs> navigate sometimes yeah and it's not only not becoming bitter toward him but bitter toward other people it's just it's mm -hmm. such a you know yeah not judging like you know <laughs> It's easy to love somebody that's <laughs> agrees with you and, and you go happy go lucky all the time. But when you have confrontation, even within your own faith or your own congregation, your own families, how you deal with it is more important than like the actual thing that you're fighting over. You know, half the time it, it's just being provided with a situation where you can actually coexist and not be judging and uh, not turn all of that into to, to the negativity kind of thing yeah i love that there was um i read uh sometime this week in one of the groups i don't know which one but talked about how we can inadvertently mark ourselves i don't know if anybody read that with um making a declaration it can be i think an inward declaration in our heart as in the judgment and um I think we want to be open-minded, but it's so easy to quickly come um, to that. But I think we are a greater target for the adversary if we <laughs> on a certain thing. And <clears throat> as we quite often don't have all of the information, the facts and the knowledge and, and we can unknowingly place ourselves in a precarious situation without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, kind of diving into the, the principle of, of fasting there in, um, let's see, like verse 19-ish, 
The doctrine of fasting is ancient. It has been practiced by biblical heroes from the earliest days. He gives a list of Moses, David, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Isaiah, Daniel, Joel, and others who fasted and preached of fasting. Um, and then I just kind of want to uh, read a couple more verses because I want to have a discussion on uh, what fasting can really do for us. So it says, through Isaiah's writings, the Lord said, is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free? The Apostle Paul admonished saints in Corinth to give yourselves to fasting and prayer. The Savior himself declared that certain things go not out, but by prayer and fasting. And so what, what is the, the purpose of fasting? How, what, what does a fast need to have? And what are um, uh, the different options for us to, to fast? Because it, it seems to have lots of different purposes, but it, it seems to, uh, it's not like one size fits all. Like, so what do we know about fasting? How do we uh, practice it and, and live it in our lives to accomplish these purposes that it, it talks about here in 19 and 20? What have you guys found? That I'm not good at it. <laughs> I think it's to control our, you know, to allow the spirit to guide us, not to have our flesh guide us. And I mean, what sins do LDS people have other than food? <laughs> you know, and maybe we let our emotions or our attitudes get to us, some of us, but um, the way we think. Um, but yeah, I mean, we like food. <laughs> I mean, we get together, have social things, and we take food to people when, you know, they're sick or they've had a baby or they've lost someone. It's all, it's about food. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so it's, yeah. And I think that's why we were given the word of wisdom, mm -hmm. you know, to learn how to eat healthy and not make food an idol, maybe. Because mm -hmm. I mean, if we eat a lot of sugar, it's addictive lots of sweet things and it's it's hard i find it challenging <laughs> yeah it's very challenging <laughs> lots of different ways <clears throat> so um uh, with these examples here of loosing the bands of wickedness like how can we use fasting to to loose bands of wickedness uh, does that need to be our own or can it be other people's or how does that process work? Cause I don't know how many times that I've actually uh, done that. You know, I mean, I do it all the time now uh, recently uh, since kind of learning about Isaiah and Davidic covenants and stuff, but like how many times do we, uh, you know, a lot of times we're fasting for moisture or uh, certain uh, group things, you know, sometimes it's a family uh, that's uh, suffering or in need of help kind of a thing, but uh, how many times are we fasting to loose the bands of wickedness? I, I think that's such an interesting principle. How many of us are under bands of wickedness and that can be loosed by fasting? I, I just love that. <laughs> I hadn't ever considered that my whole life uh, until recently. And it, it's really opened up uh, so many different avenues. It's interesting, the footnote... Oh, I didn't see the footnote there on the one you just read. We should read that. 
Isaiah 58, 6. But anyway, on in verse 20, if you read that footnote, it's about casting out evil spirits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is like super interesting, right? Like <laughs> how many times have you specifically fasted to, to cast out an evil spirit or but I mean, we typically don't even acknowledge that we have evil or unclean spirits or anything, right? But um, it's literally all over the Bible, especially the New Testament. I mean, we have so many different instances. And uh, let's let's actually read this one together. Um, and it's in the temple, so it's meant yeah. for us. <clears throat> What do we got? What was it? Matthew 17, 21. I did like a deep dive study once on uh, evil versus unclean spirits and distinguishing when uh, one is present versus the other and how to cast them out and everything. And it's interesting which ones, um, uh, which ones are which? <laughs> 17, 21. I think it's like 14 through 21, right? Is that, did you, when you did the deep dive, was it in like, did you write it down? Is it shareable? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It was like a year ago. I'll have to go back and like find it. I just remember um, I was looking at the actual original words from the Greek that uh, were written and stuff and which ones are evil and which ones are unclean um, and just kind of seeing the, the different patterns there. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a, a doc somewhere that maybe it's a Google doc that I can uh, find again, but yeah, I can look for it. <clears throat> um, so starts about, if you start about 15, I, uh -huh, yeah, I had maybe 14. Yeah. Yeah. So, and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Which, I mean, that's interesting, right? Like uh, just acknowledging that um, this, this lunatic word here is, is actually translated as evil spirit. That the evil spirit had power over a child to cast him into a fire, to cast him into water, to cause physical harm and stuff. I mean, this is a pretty serious scenario, which we, we even if we see it in our day-to-day, -day, we often just kind of disregard it as, as a medical condition. Anyway, then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. I mean, that, that's a pretty strong rebuke. <laughs> if I've ever heard one, and it's directed towards some apostles, right? And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could we not, or why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, you know, like all that we've studied in Triumph of Zion and everything, that the unbelief is a huge thing. And then he goes on to say, and we often take this verse out of context, but it is about casting out. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, 
Ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it? And this is the, the verse that President Nelson quotes uh, in that, that talk there. How be it? This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. So they, they were trying to cast out, but they weren't going far enough because they didn't find out what kind of evil spirit it was. This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. And um, anyway, so it's interesting that the unbelief is what caused them to not recognize what kind of spirit was, was causing this lunatic frenzy within, within this child. And they, so they didn't have the power to actually cast out. Um, I, I just found that very interesting in the context of what President Nelson is saying here about fasting. Why does he go there? Why does he even mention that in uh, verse 20? Because in verse 17, he says, let us put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ into action. And, you know, the talk is about open, opening the heavens for help. So if we can have the faith to rend our veil of unbelief, we'll be <laughs> able to, to cast out to, um, <clears throat> like it says in 19 there, loose the bands of wickedness, undo the heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, and um, to be able to, to cast out any evil, unclean spirits, things that are afflicting us. So, so is he, I don't know, uh, is he saying that this pandemic is like kind of evil uh, because it's man-made and, and for evil purposes? Is he saying we need to cast out that? I don't know. I don't know. That, that's I only if you question. read the footnotes, and most people don't take time to read the footnotes that they would piece that together. Mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah. I don't think they would see it. But but why uh, would he because, put that verse in there? He put it in there for a reason. Yeah. Well, for it's for I, people who have ears to hear and eyes to see, and most people just take the conference talks as just as they come. I don't think people do the deep dive and read the footnotes. And if they read the footnotes, I think they would see it differently. Mm -hmm. And now, I didn't take time to read the footnotes at the time because life was, you life. know, it was complicated at the time. It just kind of came out of the blue and all and hit us all kind of blindsided us, I think. Mm -hmm. And so we were all trying to make sense of everything. And yeah. so we were hoping to have guidance, you know, from conference. So we were listening intently, but then I don't think we bothered to take time to read the footnotes. I know I didn't on that talk. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And just like that Matthew reference, how many times have I quoted about faith of a mustard seed and stuff, you know, but I never took time to find out what that was in context of. It's in, in the context of a, a story about uh, power and, and belief in uh, casting out kind of thing. Anyway, it, it's very interesting how that all fits in and, and plays in. Cause I, I mean, like I was, I was starting to kind of wake up to things, but like, this was very much prior to um, me studying about casting out or evil and unclean spirits. I didn't, I had no context for that at the time. And I totally glossed over this. I had no idea that it was just, oh, you say the word fasting. I know what fasting is. Okay. We need to do it kind of a thing, but 
um, some of these footnotes and stuff are very interesting how uh, he's talking about it. So like footnote J there, uh, when he gives examples of all of these different prophets fasts, um, uh, <laughs> I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to uh, tonight. I wanted to go through all of those and see if they have that same kind of power and uh, message for us that this one in Matthew does. Uh, just as I was studying before class, like the Matthew one was just standing out to me so much. And so I, I went down that avenue, but I really want to do footnote J and just kind of compare all of these things together. <clears throat> but anyway, um, kind of going back to the loose the bands of wickedness, uh, because so many of us are, are bound in, in wickedness, uh, whether it um, our family members or, or others around us and stuff. And like, sometimes we have to fast in order to, to loose those bands. Look at like Alma the Younger, you know, that, that was because of Alma the Older's, um, the elders, uh, faith and, and fasting that he was able to, to have those bands loosed. Um, Laman and Lemuel, many times that, that they were fasting for them. Um, to undo heavy burdens. Like how many heavy burdens do we have as a world, as a society, as a nation? Like is our first thought to go, oh, we're, we're kind of being bound by, by certain things, having extra burdens upon our backs. Have we thought to fast, to, to have those lifted? That's not my first thought ever, <laughs> but, but it should be, I think, you know, that's what Isaiah is trying to teach us. And to let the oppressed go free. Um, this one, this one hit me like a ton of bricks, uh, right before class where, uh, you know, I follow, uh, Timothy Ballard's O-U-R, O-U-R, yeah, O-U-R, uh, uh, child slavery stuff, you know, like, I, I just feel so, uh, sad for those situations and stuff, but then the Lord was like, well, have you ever fasted? to, to let the oppressed go free. And oh my gosh, it was just like a big chastisement to me of like, it's not enough to just follow kind of thing. Like for, for me, I mean, this was like the personal revelation that the Lord was needing me to do. And it was like, okay, I, I, I will definitely fast so that the oppressed can go free. If we would, um, I don't know. It's like, I want to take verse 19 and 20 and just like post it everywhere around my house. So I never forget what fasting can do because it has so many different um, life-saving opportunities for us. But yet we, I never turn the key, use the pattern to, to release the, the blessings kind of thing. Anyway, I, this is one of my favorite talks going back through and um, kind of getting chastised a little bit from the Lord going, <laughs> I've put it in front of you. Now study it and, and, and start practicing. Uh, like verse 17 that says there, let us put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ into action. It's like, boom. I, I have a lot of repenting to do in, in this area. And in this big fast that he calls us to do, there's like such power in uniting our faith, everyone's faith and uniting that into, you know, together. I think that's important, important there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I, sometimes, you know, I, 
we have like the catchphrase, what would Jesus do, right? Uh, sometimes it's a little easier for me to go, what would Zion do or what would Enoch City do? You know, because that's kind of the, my aspiration right now is, is kind of to become Zion. And I can just imagine the city of Enoch just fasting all the time for, for people around them and uh, doing all of that, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting principle. And it's like uh, the fasting goes with prayer. They're together. If you're, you don't have the prayer with it, you're just going without food, basically. Um, And what was my point? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you lost it again. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Going to the very end. No, it's on verse eight. So he's calling together this big fast on Good Friday would be, a, he said it would be a perfect day to have our heavenly father and his son hear us. And isn't that interesting? He says that. And then right after that, we, isn't that when we have the talk on hear him? Uh-huh. Anyway, they need to hear us. You know, if we're just silent, you know, how can we expect them to help us? He is the, Christ is the master healer. And so if we're joined together in fasting and we're praying, he's going to listen to us. But he's waiting for us to do that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's just interesting. Yeah. I keep thinking of what oh, I can't remember which prophet said it of um, whatever maybe it was Sherry do whatever Christ lays his hands on lives and now uh, was that her I can't remember I don't know I've I've heard that a lot but I, I can't pinpoint where that comes from it lives but we need his hand on this this whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I really like verse 25. It says, so tonight, my dear brothers and sisters, in the spirit of the sons of Mosiah, why does he add that phrase in there? Like, I mean, he could say so many different things. Like he's over here talking about Moses and David and etc. But in the spirit of the sons of Mosiah, who gave themselves to much fasting and prayer, And as part of our April 2020 general conference, I am calling for another worldwide fast. I mean, we just came off of an, uh, off of one in between conferences, right? But he's calling for another. For all whose health may permit, let us fast, pray, and unite our faith once again. Let us prayerfully plead for relief from this global pandemic. So what does it look like to, to the, the sons of Mosiah example that he's given here, who gave themselves to much fasting? I, I mean, even if we are already fasting, do we need to like grow a little bit in it? Do we need to amp it up a little or what does that look like? What is he trying to um, hint at or allude to or, or tell us in, in that example of the sons of Mosiah? How often did the sons of Mosiah fast um, and what were they fasting for? Well, weren't they going into battle? You know, they were sent out to go to battle. Mm-hmm. 
And so I was thinking it's not listed as the armor of God, but I would say fasting and prayer is it's to help us go into battle, especially since your mom said, you know, with the foot, no, it was to fight evil or to fight evil spirits. He said, you know, to pray that the pandemic would end or be eased, but he didn't say why or what caused it and what was the background, just that it would be relieved. But with the footnote, it's like to relieve the evil, you know, and to fight the evilness of it. Most people didn't see that, but with the footnote and, you know, they were going into battle. So it's a form of, I think, arming us for battle against evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, the scripture is popping in my head, but I kind of forget where it's at. But we fight not against flesh and blood, but against the enemies of darkness of this world, against uh, rulers. Principalities and places and high place yes Uh exactly yes so and i think that it's part you know it's not listed in the scriptures as part of the armor of god but i think it helps to sanctify our souls and um help us be strong in the lord and fortifies our souls because our body's a weak you know yeah exactly and uh subjugating the body telling it like no i'm the boss and we're gonna do good (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's kind of like your body's like the little devil on your shoulder and the soul's like the little angel and you're Uh fighting between the two and you want the soul to win not the the body did you read the footnote on that one for alma for the ones with the 25a alma it's pretty that's the their sons have the spirit of prophecy and of revelation that's what it's late oh yes yeah that's pretty big bringing that up so i can hold that up says but this is well just that verse three but this is not all they had given themselves too much prayer and fasting therefore they had the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of revelation and when they taught they taught with power and the authority of god Oh, I love that because like in one place we're talking about like fighting and stuff. And then here um, it's kind of on, on a different flip side, a new perspective. I love that. Um, Revelation when they talk. The sons of Messiah, uh, were they really going out to battle? They were going to teach to the Lamanites, but it was the sons of uh, Helaman that we're going to battle wasn't it Mm -hmm. yeah and we know that like the sons of Messiah they had lots of different like incarcerations and you know uh, even Alma the not uh Ammon uh you know he has uh kind of that that battle imagery there too and so um I think we're we're all fighting kind of like different battles that that's true that not necessarily battles like fighting warriors and stuff but yeah Mm -hmm. But anyway, I, I was just brought to mind. I was looking to see if it had any footnotes in there. And I can't see them because they're so tiny. But that's really good that you brought that up. But anyway, I was thinking with the sons of Messiah, their father did a Davidic covenant for them so that they would be safe and protected out there. And, and they... They weren't hurt. They they went to jail and they had hard things, but they were always protected. Same way with the sons of Helaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Helaman did a, a he did, did a, that, um, go ahead. That he was able to uh, put Alma the Younger under that umbrella as well. Uh -huh. So Alma the Elder uh, did one for Alma the Younger, and then uh, Mosiah did uh, his mm -hmm. for his sons. Yeah. But anyway, it's just because we're leading up to, let's see, was this on Saturday, this talk? Uh, yeah, I believe it was because the, the next, because he says, uh, so tonight, my dear brothers and sisters, in verse 25. So I think it was the Saturday a.m. session. Okay. And then the next Sunday morning is after that session is when he, uh, President Nelson did the Hosanna shout. He performs the Davidic covenant. <laughs> he performs the Davidic covenant on behalf of all of us. Mm -hmm. Which, so I wonder if that's kind of part of where he's going there i don't know but mm -hmm. it's interesting he mentioned them yeah but yeah that that principle of unity it's is i mean we can fast alone but there's strength in numbers and um where does it see I don't know. <laughs> I can't even remember exactly what I'm looking for, but something popped in my head and I was wanting to find it. But um, uh, that united fasting principle that um, that God will hear his uh, His servants here on, on earth. He will hear his people. Maybe it wasn't even this talk because it's not popping out to me on the page, but um, anyway, that God loves us to unite in uh, in good causes and, and things. And um, like in 27, where it says, how do we fast? Two meals or a period of 24 hours is customary, but you decide what would constitute a sacrifice for you. It's all based on that law of sacrifice. As you are um, putting your your spirit in charge of your body kind of a thing through the law of sacrifice. I think that that's, that's a huge thing. And especially as we do that in unison as, as a body of people, we can uh, affect big changes. Uh, like it says in 19 and 20, you know, loose the bands of wickedness, undo the heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free. Yes, we can do all of those things alone, but uh, think of the power that that has when, when it's in unison, I, I kind of wonder about like the the people in Egypt under severe um, bondage, and uh, they must have been fasting and praying uh, mightily in order for uh, God to raise up Moses in order to provide the way uh, for them out. But fasting doesn't mean that we're we're perfect, right? Because look at the Israelites. <laughs> <laughs> and quite the the challenge ahead of them it's not uh the end all be all which is great because it, it gives me um hope that even though i'm fasting I, I still have a lot of work to do it doesn't mean that fasting is for for perfect people only that uh, it's something that i can do uh in order to affect big changes in in mine and other people's lives um 
And then, well, if you listen, if you go further into that chapter 17 of Alma, mm -hmm. verse nine, it says, and it came to pass that they, they journeyed many days in the wilderness and they fasted much and prayed much. And the Lord would grant upon them a portion of his spirit to go for, go with them and abide with them that they might be an instrument in the hands of the, of God to bring, to bring, if it were possible, their brethren, the Lamanites to the knowledge of the truth, to the knowledge of the baseness of the traditions of their fathers, which were not correct. And it came to pass that the Lord did visit them with his spirit and said unto them, be comforted. And they were comforted. Huh. Love that. Like, look Is at how much we footnotes, Kathy. That's, I mean, as I keep going into chapter 17, deeper and deeper, it just gets more and more. Oh, but originally the seventh part of 17 yeah, it was seven, It was originally wow. seven, 17, three. But as you get going further, it tells about going with the Lamanites and they taught them the word of God and they softened their hearts and they brought them into it. I mean, it, it's pretty big. It's, that's huge. It, it pretty much saying, okay, if you are, we would have fasted and prayed about really openly and, you know, full heartedly look at the things that probably we could have, cause it goes even down in 14 and assuredly it was great for they had undertaken to preach the word of God to a wild and a hardened and a ferocious people, a people who delighted in murdering the Nephites and robbing and plundering them. And their hearts were set upon riches and upon gold and silver and precious stones. Yet they sought to obtain these things by murdering and plundering that they might labor for them with their own hands. Thus they were a very, I mean, it goes on telling what was going on with everything, all these murdering and plundering and killing and, and they were Does able that to not sound like 2020. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm reading more and more of this. I'm going, Oh my gosh, we just lived this and we're still living it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how can we be the sons of Mosiah in this process to, to bring about great missionary work? Like look at how much missionary work changed through the pandemic. We found better ways to, to minister to people and uh, anyway, but like I, we can even do more because look at the, the sons of Mosiah here. Yeah. Amazing. Many indolent people just kind of picking up where you left off there. Uh, yeah. Many of whom did worship idols. Yeah. <laughs> like That's, uh, the more I keep reading, I'm like going, okay, okay, okay. So I'm listening, but I'm uh -huh. reading too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Therefore, they separated themselves one from another, you know pandemic yep. style <laughs> and went forth among them every man alone according to the word and power of god which is given to them ammon being chief among them or rather he did administer unto them he departed from them after having blessed them. i mean all of this stuff is so amazing exactly isn't uh hindsight 2020 <laughs> mm -hmm. if i would have read this chapter at the time done my homework and, and looked at the footnotes i would have seen things so much better at the time oh, absolutely I, i'm I glad i'm looking at many it of us would have i'm i'm guessing that he chose the sons of mosiah because we're so familiar with them versus bible um, mm -hmm. like what young man or even girls don't know about <laughs> arms and um, but the, and they were so humble i don't think he's putting out a call for us to be humble and to be yeah, 
to not be contentious because they they couldn't have had the success that they did had they not been humble and um, united and loved. They loved the, the Lamanites mm -hmm. very deeply. Well, and I think I've shared with you guys that, I mean, I didn't read any of this at the time, but I, I fasted, I prayed, I went to the temple and I kept getting, don't get, you know, the vaccine, don't. And, but I started questioning my own self because I thought, am I, am I not following? I mean, how much better if I would have read this and understood what I was getting was right you know, but I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And when I would go, okay, I'm just going to do it. Cause I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Then I would get like sick to my stomach, you know? So it was like, okay, you're not going to now get this, you know? And finally I had to go, okay, I'm just going to turn it over. I'm not going to do it. And if all the things that I do, there's something that's true in the way that makes forces me to, then I'll know that's what I was, I'm supposed to do. Not one thing was through in the way. Everything, everything was absolutely the opposite. It was like one, none of it can be coincidence with as many things as happened in my favor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such an interesting process because I mean, there's some that are completely on the opposite end, uh, right. a different revelation. But if we are hearing him, you know, as, as we talked about here in this conference, um, it, it, it makes all the difference. And some of that comes through fasting and prayer. So even though the, the fasting and prayer that you uh, were trying to go for were like seeking specific answers, it was, um, again, going back to loosing the bands of wickedness, undoing heavy right. burdens, letting the oppressed go free. And, and so it, I find that it's just opening up to me tonight. <laughs> because for each person, for me, that would have been a, a death sentence, you know, because I have I'm prone to blood clots and everything. So, you know, that's why. But I could have, if I would have read this and studied the footnotes, it would have been even more clear for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's so important. This next conference, like what? I'm going like, to read them all. Two weeks. Yeah, I'm reading them all. I'm doing the deep dive on the footnotes on day one. <laughs> I'm not wasting any time. Because <laughs> right, boy, if you just surface read it, you don't you don't get the point of the talk. And right there, I wonder if people if they had read it and they hear him, they would have. You know, people were so conflicted about what to do, mm -hmm. or people were just like, "Well, I'm just gonna because they just it was easier to to go get it rather right. than to get revelation or to do that, or it's just it, I don't know, or they trusted in the arm of flesh or the prophet in his you know, when later, when they came out, it was, he did a public thing about all the apostles getting, mm -hmm. getting it. And so people said, well, if he's getting it, I'm going to get it. But it wasn't a church official statement saying everybody should get it. And this was like a year before with all this stuff in this talk and they hear him. It's like, yeah, this is so interesting. Well, and how many times before that had he yeah, been saying, you know, prayerfully know what you should do. And, mm -hmm. and, every, you know, he, like you said, hear him, see him. And, and then, but it was like easier when the words were, I urge you, okay, I'm going to go do it. So yep. many, and so everybody I, just jumped on it. And it was like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. And what, what talk did he do that says, do the spiritual work necessary, you know, yeah, to learn I, to 
you know, that was, and, that was the one I remember. So that's why I kept doing it. Mm-hmm. But then I kept getting so much back feed from it, you know, from pe- other people, you know, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> is, is what it, I was hearing it, but I just, I was listening to the static in the background too, which I needed to block out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Leslie. Um, I, I think it's fascinating because we have six kids and our family was split right down the middle. Half got vaccinated and half didn't. And all but one of my children, um, everybody, children and spouses, and we all prayed and fasted and except for one person. And um, the, the results really varied. And, um, and I know each one of them was inspired. So I can't say, <laughs> I can't say, um, and only one, one person and all of, and all of the adults um, took issue with what somebody else's answer was, which is the well, bummer. You know what? They would be, they should be different because we're all different. We're all not, nobody's the same and they all should be different. I mean, yeah. that's the way I look at it. Yeah. It's, I noticed there was a trend that, that, that the ones that chose to get vaccinated heard from other people well you must have not fasted and fasted about it otherwise you would have gotten a different answer (laughs) that was really you know I even went as far as because our temple was closed for cleaning and I worked I had to get up at five in the morning well four in the morning to be to work and I even went and did a nighttime cleaning because I needed to get in the temple that's (laughs) Yeah. I will go. I don't care if I'm there till two in the morning. I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I, I really like verse 29, uh, the very second to last sentence there, where, um, well, let me just read kind of the whole thing because it all goes together. But uh, my dear brothers and sisters, I express my deep love for you, along with my testimony of the divinity of the work in which we are engaged. This is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He stands at his heads and directs all that we do. Then this part, I know that he will respond to the pleadings of his people. And so um, where does that testimony of his come from? Uh, from the scriptural examples that that he talks about here in in this uh, talk, but also in many different experiences. If if we read his other prior talks in his apostolic years or uh, listen to his biography, um, he knows this. I know that he will respond to the pleadings of his people. Um, I think that that's such a, a prophetic and and potent statement to to cling on to that the president president nelson does know that and he is doing it what do i even want to call it interconference <laughs> like material and then after this conference he he's starting to do a lot in between conferences in in a worldwide um uh, setting uh, his different videos and uh, challenges and things like that 
it's just interesting to, to kind of see everything in, in its context here. But yeah, I just love that, um, that testimony of his. I think it was one of the more powerful testimonies um, that he just knows these things and we can, we can hang on that. Um, I find it interesting not to fully change the subject, but um, going back to the first part of his talk where uh, he changes uh, or introduces the, the new church logo, the symbol. Um, so what did we have in between conferences here? We have COVID hit uh, United States in, in <laughs> a big way. Um, and the, the Utah earthquake, right? Where Moroni drops his Trump and <laughs> we laugh it off as if it's just kind of something comical. But I think in a very real way, it <laughs> is very symbolic for lots of different things, but um, we're focusing on the correct name of the church in a prior conference. And then here uh, it's kind of put into to process. Everybody's working on it there in verse six is, uh, he's grateful for President M. Russell Ballard and the entire Quorum of the Twelve to lead these efforts in doing everything that's listed there in verse seven. And then um, we're changing from the Moroni symbol over to, to Christ. And, and that's what we want to have focused here. And look at how many temples um, have, are being announced or the renderings out there and not with a, a Moroni on top. We're um, kind of in a, a new phase here that I don't know. Some call it coincidence. Some call it whatever. It's not necessarily important or whatever, but I think it's highly significant and uh, not meditated. What is it? Um, a lot of thought put into it. I mean, it's not on purpose. It's not inconsequential. I think President Nelson is um, very on top of the image that we are portraying. And I think that it has a lot of power in context of this talk, opening the heavens for help. If we are looking at parables, right? Where the, the 10 virgins are, are coming and the, the five are unwise and they're coming a little bit late, knocking on the door and uh, whichever version uh, you wanna look at, I never knew you or you never knew me. If we don't even, if we, aren't associating ourselves with Christ more than we are with Mormon or Moroni or any of these other uh, examples here, we might be locked out, the, the heavens might be closed, and we might not be able to, to drop on the, the powers of heaven for help. And I think that it's very interesting how he places the introduction of this symbol in this talk, opening the heavens for help drawing upon Christ and Christ only for that, that help there. Anyway, I don't know. That's just my soapbox and ramblings, but like, I think it's highly um, significant how that, that appears here as he begins his talk. Uh, and then we go straight into the fasting and, and all of that. But um, I think the, the first part is, is very consequential as you see. Um, anything else, uh, this talk or otherwise from, from this conference that, that you'd like to talk about and end on? 
this is such a, a fun conference, April 2020. I mean, all of the footnotes, everything is so rich. <laughs> it's uh, so fun to go back through and uh, really glean some, some great stuff. I, I love all of the comments and areas that we go. Uh, just tonight, uh, I've learned so much from this talk uh, from, from y'all's perspectives and, and things, uh, just opening it up that much more. It's been so fun. So when did the earthquake in Utah where the Moroni fell? When was that? Um, was what that was it? March. It was March before the conference. Uh-huh. Yeah. So just. Uh, it was 20th or 21st or 22nd, something like that. Of 2020. Of 2020. Yeah. Yes. So just yeah. right before the conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, look, we looked it up. It was March 28th. Is that what it was? Oh, wow. Right. yeah and, and some people saw it as really significant other people didn't but then it's interesting that happened and then they had the new name of the church new name of the church was this year that year too in april of 2020 right uh-huh so the the actual name of refocusing on that was a couple conferences back um, oh okay but it, it was the new symbol that they had oh okay uh done this okay. time it was a new symbol okay mm-hmm that they yeah so it's interesting that that happened (laughs) and then it's like nothing's coincidence i don't think nothing at all yep just trying to figure i don't know where i was (laughs) anyway (laughs) my notes are all over the place for some reason i knew that i wrote down the date of the earthquake but i couldn't find it anyway it's like 20 pages later i wrote it on some random page in the future (laughs) well it's that other talk has to do with that very thing well no i'm talking like it's in in the (laughs) 2021 talks (laughs) it's it's way in (laughs) oh dear anyway I don't know where my brain goes sometimes. (laughs) Maybe we'll come to that talk and it'll be so pertinent to that one too. I was supposed to write it down there. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, it's it's been so fun uh, talking about it and going through this one again. So yeah, uh, Wednesday's group is going to be talking about the hear him. Um, There's so much to it. It's going to be a fun one to do. Uh, you know, I, everybody has their uh, kind of assigned talks and we're all kind of in different ways and stuff, but I highly encourage going back and watching all of the groups from, from April 2020, because I think they're all just so fun. I mean, we had a great discussion in group A2 and you know, uh, Wednesdays, I, I just know is going to be fun. We're going to be talking about hear him, Hosanna shout in, in depth. And anyway, it's going to be such a fun week. <laughs> I love it. And then here we come in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing uh, the new general conference um, and then discussing it a couple of weeks after that, looking at the footnotes and everything. I think, I think this one's going to be an awesome one for us as we can study them in real time after having binged all of his, his other ones. I think we're going to have so many new insights and things to, to see uh, right off the bat. It's going to be fun. Um. So let me pull up the schedule for next week. Cameron? Uh-huh, yeah. When are we going to study these current talks like we are these? Uh-huh, yeah, so it'll be in toward the last part of April. So um, 
let's see where are we at here so next week this group is going to do let god prevail and then we're going to listen to conference and not have any chats the the week after that but then uh the week of april 24th we are going to study this april's general conference so we're going to give it a couple weeks make sure all the talks come out all the footnotes and everything and now we have time to personally study them and then um, we'll come back and uh, do that as our last uh, session for for this semester um i i in my head i was thinking something different like are we going to study um, this next conference like the talks individually like up here uh-huh yes so i just don't know what those are yet but like group c will do one group a will do a different one kind of thing um but we'll be um cover all of them. yeah we'll cover all of them okay we'll be busy <laughs> yeah it'll be a fun one okay sorry my brain is so foggy tonight <laughs> <laughs> you're good but yeah so next week is let god prevail which is i need to is chapter 50 all right well it's been fun we will see you all next week <laughs> have a great week everyone Thank 